What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. I'm geek. I'm f-ing geek. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. Yo, what up, everybody? JVT here, the penultimate edition. I shouldn't say penultimate. I guess it's the penultimate regular season edition of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Yeah, I'm still alive. Been on vacation, had followed the money last week, so I have taken a little bit of a step back. But with the postseason right on the horizon, trust me, content coming hot and heavy, working on a lot of good things back at the forefront over the next couple of days. And man, am I excited. Pretty much nothing settled up to this point in the NBA, which is great because we only have three se- three games left to go in the regular season. Nothing is cemented away, at least in terms of seeding. We do have some of the picture forming, right? You know, you look at the conferences, for example, all six postseason teams set in the Eastern Conference. The order of which they will be has yet to be determined, but Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Miami, New York, all clinching playoff berths. So now we're just waiting what's going to happen with these play-in games in terms of the order. Still a lot to be determined. Boston locked into the top seed right now. 
one and a half game lead, one in the loss column over the Charlotte Hornets, Indiana Pacers, right there with Charlotte, even record 33 and 36 apiece. Tiebreakers go to Charlotte at this point right now. And then the Wizards taking a tough one on the chin on Wednesday against the Atlanta Hawks. Still have yet to cement their play-in status. They still hold that slim two-game lead in the loss column over the Chicago Bulls over these last few games. And they've fallen some hard times. Lost two straight without the services of one Bradley Beal. Kind of what we expected right when we saw Bradley Beal go down. But this has been a lot of fun, man. You look at the Western Conference, nothing settled up to this point, right? Only, uh, what do you got, four teams locked in right now, at least in terms of playoff berths. The Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets. The Blazers, the Mavericks, the Lakers could still be any one of those teams. The seventh seed in the play-in. Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies have locked in play-in berths, but what's going to happen there is going to be pretty fascinating. They play each other on the final day of the regular season. That's actually going to mean a lot because the winner of that game could actually take the eighth seed. And why that matters? Well, one win and you're in as opposed to two. So there's still a lot to play for for both of those teams. The Spurs only have a two-game lead over the Sacramento Kings with about three to play. So there's still a lot at play there. Kings hanging on by a thread right now trying to get into the play-in game. Pelicans were eliminated earlier this week, so there's still a lot to be decided, nothing determined. We have no real inkling as to what some of these play-in series are going to be because anything can change with one single result. I think this is fascinating, man. I think the way that this has gone down over the last couple of weeks and what's going to happen over the last few days as the regular season ends this weekend, this is exactly what the NBA wanted when it implemented the play-ins. And I don't know how you can complain because every single one of these games, I'm watching last night Rockets and Lakers with no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James, and you're hanging on to every single minute because that game means something for the Los Angeles Lakers. And kudos, by the way, to the Houston Rockets who hung in that one, covered that number, rehung it about eight and a half when AD and LeBron were both ruled out of that game. You know, on this podcast, and I've, I talked about it on Follow the Money when I was filling in, quietly, right, a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves has been this team to really play on. Was something that I've mentioned, right? They've been adamant about wanting to win some of these games. They're implementing a new system, want to get ready for the year, you know, the year coming up, all that kind of stuff, and they have been performing very well. Well, quietly, the Houston Rockets have not only covered four consecutive games, but you go back to, what are we talking about, April 23rd. We're talking about 7 of 11 that this team has covered up to this point. So, And look at some of the numbers they're getting. Caught, you know, eight and a half, nine against the Lakers at LeBron James. AD lost that one by two. Caught 15 and a half against Portland, lost that one by 11. Caught 16 against Utah, lost that one by eight. 17 and a half against the Milwaukee Bucks, only lost by eight. You know, you can go down the list. Milwaukee again, 14 and a half. Remember, they won that game outright. The market's gotten really low on this team, and the bottomed out power rating has led to a lot of inflated numbers, and this team has been playing pretty good basketball, especially on the offensive end. Like, they've really opened things up. I mean, look at some of the point totals for this team. 122, 129, 116, 133, 115, 143. The offense has been a lot better for the Houston Rockets over the last 11 games, and it has played itself out into a really good run here down the stretch of covers. And you have to be really intrigued by looking at Houston going forward in these last three games and thinking that in a lot of these situations, they might be a play-on type of team for the most part, just given how we'll call them plucky 
they have been up to this point. So the Rockets, a team that we have circled our last three games to potentially keep playing on. Minnesota Timberwolves will keep riding that train. But we'll get to a lot of news today. A lot of news. We saw a lot of good things over the last couple of days. James Harden made his return. The not-so-good news, the Phoenix Suns defensively continue. They kind of take a step back, and the Miami Heat lose Victor Oladipo for the season. But let's start there with, I think, the big news. The Brooklyn Nets, the favorite to win the Eastern Conference, the favorite in some spots to win the title, get one step closer to being whole again as James Harden returns on Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs. Small problem, though, is that, not that James Harden returns, because James Harden's absolutely fantastic, but the fact that, of course, James Harden returns, but what happens? Kyrie Irving can't play because of a facial contusion, took a nasty elbow to the face against Nikola Vucevic going up for a rebound the other day. But Harden returns, comes off the bench. Typical Harden, man. 26 minutes, 18 points, 6 of 8 field goals, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc. Seven rebounds, 11 assists. His fourth quarter was so good, man. Like, I went back and watched that today. We're recording this as a usual time on Thursday. The stat line from the fourth quarter, 11 points, two rebounds, five assists. But, you know, the stat line obviously paints a pretty good picture. But your eyes really show what's been going on there. Like, in that fourth quarter, he was great. The ball handling was there. They let him kind of work with it a little bit more. Let him close out the game. He was working that floater even more. His game with a lot of these guys, Jeff Green, Nick Claxton, really showed the continuity there, right? Shows him the five assists as well. Hit a a step back three in the fourth quarter, two. Two rebounds. Like He just looked so much more comfortable in the fourth quarter and so comfortable with the ball in his hands. Typical Harden game, man. You know, and I was talking about this on social media. It's not even so much, you know, I was obviously very pro-Harden, if you listen to this podcast, the pro-Harden MVP train uh, conducted by your boy, Jonathan Von Tobel. Not Mike Gullick Jr. Mike Gullick Jr. is uh, great at what he does, but uh, calling himself the conductor of the Harden MVP train, get out of here, right? But I was talking about this with Michael up on Twitter at Janky14. Like, his injury... Not even so much robbing him of the MVP, because we don't know if he would have won it. But just the race we could have gotten between him and Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid making his return. And Jokic is a deserving MVP winner. This is not going in that direction. But just the entertainment factor of most valuable player, what could have been over the last month and a half, two months, would have been so freaking awesome. And we were robbed of that. But the big thing is that he is back on the floor. Him, KD, Kyrie still have only played seven games together with Kyrie missing that game. But I'm, I'm, the more I watched him yesterday, the more I watched that fourth quarter, the more you look at some of those numbers, you realize that Harden is the key to making this thing work. When he's on the floor, they have a plus 5.5 net rating. When him and KD are together without Kyrie, plus 16 on the net rating, much better than Kyrie and KD without James Harden. It's only plus 6.8. You'd obviously like to have Kyrie, but Harden is the was it the straw that stirs the drink. He's the linchpin, man. He's the cornerstone. Whatever cliche, whatever you know, phrase you want to use. If this is going to work for Brooklyn, if this is going to end up in an Eastern Conference title, a Finals berth and or title, they need Harden on the court. He just changes everything for them, man. It's been absolutely spectacular. His ability to attack the rim, to get within you know four to fourteen feet, 
He had multiple assists yesterday where he just brings the ball up the court and he's at the top of the wing and immediately draws a double team. And he find, he had a beautiful bounce pass to Jeff Green on one of those plays where immediately draws two bodies. And it's like, ah, you know what? I'm ancillary player A, right? I'm Nick Claxton. I'm Jeff Green. I'll just cut to the basket real quick. Wide open. Just bounce pass, boom, finish. He is so good, man. And he attracts so much attention. And it opens up the floor. There's another play where he draws a double team, kicks it to KD, wide open lane. KD goes up, finishes with the right hand. Like, there's so much that he does for this team. He's, he's massively important for what the Brooklyn Nets want to do. I'm really excited to see what this team is going to be at at full strength. Which leads us to, right, the question that everybody asks all the time. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I always, I always value, and I'm amazed, by the way, that people respect my opinion on certain things. But the question is always, hey, where's the value, right? Where's the value? And we talked about a little bit, a little bit about this with ER, Aaron Renning, on a podcast a couple episodes ago. We talked about this with ER when humans and I were filling in on Follow the Money last week. As much as I love this Nets team when they are whole, I understand the trepidation behind wanting to back this team and every bit of value is in going against the Nets, at least in terms of the futures market, right? Like Circa offers those two-way props, two-way futures market, I should put it that way. You can get Eastern Conference, no, on the Brooklyn Nets. Will the team, will the Brooklyn Nets win the Eastern Conference? No, it's a pick. Minus 115 on both sides. That's an immense amount of value for a team whose three stars have only played seven games together and who does at times have defensive issues. There's no denying that. But that's an immense amount of value. And I know it's not sexy or fun to say, well, the value is in betting a small minus price on the bet, you know, the most exciting team in the NBA not to win the title, but it's true. I picked the Nets to represent the Eastern Conference beginning of the year. I still think that the Nets are going to be that team that represents the Eastern Conference now. But again, if we're talking about just pure value, where the play is to be made on the futures board at this point right now, it's over at Circus Sports, no minus 115. That's a really tempting price. And I'm, I feel relatively conflicted because the Nets are my selection, but that's a good amount of value to pass up. So that'll probably be, that will be a play that I'm going to make. In fact, you know what? It's a podcast. I know it's an audio medium, but we'll do it right now. So Nets minus 115 on the no. Something that's uh, in pocket for me. And look, again, it might sound hypocritical, but this is, again, you're looking for value. What is the smart value play? What is the plus EV play? To me, the the numbers dictate the plus EV play is laying minus 115 on a team whose three stars have played seven games together, has a defensive rating in the 20s, and has some continuity issues that smack of the Los Angeles Clippers from a season ago. Remaining schedule two for this team, by the way, versus Chicago on Saturday and versus Cleveland on Sunday. Back-to-back situation there. Just reading the vibe of this team and knowing what they do, I would expect that the three stars will probably play one of those games and not the other. So they'll probably pick and choose which one, but I'd expect them to be all on the floor for one of those games and then all of them, if not majority of the three, you know, two out of the three, would probably not be on the floor. But... This Nets team, man, they're still exciting. They're still <laughs> with Harden back on the floor. That is my guy. He was great. And dude, I love the role too, by the way. His uh quote after the game, pretty good at this. Yeah, he is. 
I don't know how you can – I never will understand how you can hate Harden, especially after watching the season that he just went through. So the other bit of news coming out of the NBA, obviously, Victor Oladipo out for the season, undergoes surgery on that quad. Really, really sad news, to be honest with you. Oladipo was so electric a couple of years ago, leading Indiana to that seven-game series against LeBron James and the Cavaliers. What it looked like he was going to be at one point in this league and that serious injury he suffers, and he's been kind of a shell of himself since – What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So he goes to the procedure on Thursday, according to reports, no timetable for his return. So immediately the thought is, well, what does this mean for Miami? Nothing really. Like, if we're talking about this season, I, I think really nothing, right? This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. This is more impactful from a big picture standpoint, and it's not even that impactful. This was a flyer for the Miami Heat. This was a test. To see if Oladipo was going to be worth it for the most part when he hits free agency this coming summer. All you did was ship off every Bradley Kelly Olenek in a first-round swap. So it's totally worth kicking the tires on Oladipo. And it didn't work out. Only played 111 minutes across four games. So while this might seem like a blow, I really don't think it is. Especially because the Heat have been pretty fine without Victor Oladipo. Since April 18th, 10-3 straight up and against the spread, they got a plus 5.4 net rating. Not really different in non-garbage time minutes that clean the glass tracks. Plus 5.5. But the big turnaround here, and this has been the thing, right? If you have listened to me and my analysis on the Heat, if you've listened to this podcast whenever we talk about the Heat, there has been one thing that I've really been waiting for this team to turn around and to pick up, and it has been the offensive side of the ball, right? Especially the three-point shooting. 
Last year, the three-point shooting was such a massive weapon for this team. Remember, they were second in three-point percentage last year. It's a big reason why they destroyed the Milwaukee Bucks in that second-round series. Jay Crowder was a massive part of it, but the three-point shooting was incredibly important. Over these 13 games, Heat, according to cleaning the glass in the non-garbage time minutes, offensive efficiency, 120.3, third best over these 13 games, eighth in three-point shooting, eighth, E-I-G-H-T, 38.9% from beyond the arc in non-garbage time over these 13 games. If this team has figured out its offense, and if this team has consistently found its shooting stroke going into the postseason, Eastern Conference better be on watch, man, because they're moving up the standings as well. Outside shot at finishing fourth. Atlanta's got a half-game lead over them at this point right now. Remember, they had that regular season series between these two as well. The Atlanta Hawks did. Hawks won two of the three. But this team defensively, now, that's part of the issue, right? If you look at what they've done defensively, not as dominant over this 13-game stretch, always very much worth pointing out. 114.8 defensive rating, non-garbage time minutes. That's 22nd in the league. But for some reason, part of me believes that they'll be able to find the defense because they've been so consistently good defensively all year long. So now it's about making sure that this offense is at a point where you can trust it going into the postseason and going into a potential either 4-5 or five matchup with the Hawks, who again beat you two out of three times, or a 3-6 matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks, a rematch of the second round series, which I, I would love to see either one of those series. I mean, come on. First round rematch between the Bucks and the Heat? That'd be absolutely fantastic. And you know from a coaching perspective, again, the Heat would still throw out the similar game plan. And it'd be all about if they can still maintain that three-point shooting. But the way that this breaks down for Miami, you can still find them about 18-1 to to win the Eastern Conference over at William Hill. Remember, I bet them at 15-1 to right before that 12-game stretch where they went 11-1. and Was it right after, right before the All-Star break? One of the two. So I'm sitting on that. But I have faith in this team for the most part from a coaching perspective. It's just whether or not the shooting stretch that they're on right now is real. Because if it's real, you can realistically see this team winning a playoff series and heading into the second round. And what's intriguing is a second-round matchup at this point right now, if they are the 4-5, and really wherever they're landing at this point, 4-5, you know, 3-6, if they win that series, second-round matchup against the Philadelphia 76 or, or excuse me, against a Brooklyn Nets team, pretty intriguing right from what they can do defensively again if the three-point shooting is very realistic so there's a path there for the Miami Heat but it's all relying on whether or not this shooter or this you know the shooting turnaround is actually very realistic but bringing this back to the main point you know if you're sitting back and you're evaluating the Miami Heat and you see that Victor Oladipo has gone down I wouldn't I wouldn't change my evaluation of the Miami Heat because of the fact that Victor Oladipo is no longer going to be on the court for this team. And, you know, he hasn't been. So it's a really big blow for Victor. It really sucks. I really hope that he's going to be healthy going forward because he was a fun, dynamic player. 
And that's kind of what we lose, and especially in sports betting, right? Sports betting's really cold. It's callous about, hey, what's happening now? What does this mean for my money? But it does kind of suck that Oladipo has this very serious and nagging injury that just won't seem to leave him, man. Really sucks. All right, really quickly, let's talk about a couple of other things, too. First off, kind of intrigued by what we're seeing here post-All-Star break with a certain team. Since the All-Star break, the Phoenix Suns, oh yeah, the Phoenix Suns, who have been really dynamic offensively since the All-Star break, the second-best offensive team in the league, 117.4 points, every 100 possessions. But, but, and it's not a big but because they're 24 and 10 straight up. They've still been playing extremely well. But, defensive rating, 20th in the NBA, 112.7 points, every 100 possessions. And this is kind of what I've kind of, I, I haven't really harped on this and I haven't preached this, but if you, you know, if you have heard anything from me over the course of the season, one of the biggest things that I got wrong was thinking that the Suns team was going to be like like a play-in team, like a sixth seed. But obviously, you know, we're in contention for the one seed, more than likely going to be the two. Still alive for that. But one of the things that kept irritating me with how wrong I was was their level of play defensively. In the first half of the season, pre-All-Star break, according to NBA.com, the Phoenix Suns were the third best defensive team in the league. 108.2 points, every 100 possessions allowed. So I get a text message in the background. And it just didn't sit right with me. You know, if you go back and you read my preseason write-up on this team, I thought they were going to be like an average to below average defensive team. And I'm like, you know, I just kept wondering, like, what did I get wrong? And sure enough, now in the second half, those defensive, we'll call them issues because being 20th in defensive efficiency is not really good, have popped up. Only .1 points better than the Atlanta Hawks defensively. Ranking below teams like the Pistons, the Hornets, the Raptors in defensive efficiency in the second half of the season. And again, it's only 34 games, and 34 games might seem like a large sample size, but it's not. It's, you know, it's getting larger, and the defense continues to show up and not perform very well. But I think watching this team now down the stretch and heading into the postseason, the defense that we have seen from this team I think is really worth noting, especially when they get into playoff series with some really good offensive teams. I mean, look at the last few games for this team, right? They play Golden State. They lose 122 to 116. Golden State offensive rating 132.6. The Lakers game. The shorthanded Lakers. Offensive rating for the Lakers, 126. How about that Hawks, or yeah, the Hawks game that they lost? Remember, you know, it's Thursday, so they lost three out of four at this point. The Hawks game. Offensive rating for Atlanta, 144. The game against OKC that they barely got by as a 15.5-point favorite. Defensive rating, 121.4. Like, you can just go through the list of opponents they have faced that have been adequate offensively, and you realize that they've had some real trouble. The Nets game that they lost, 125.6 was the offensive rating for Brooklyn. Or excuse me, 133.3. The 125.6 was Philadelphia two games prior to that. 
And I can go on and on with a lot of these defensive ratings. But the point is, is that this defense has really fallen onto some difficult times, we will say, since the All-Star break. And if you want to paint an even more dire picture, I guess we'll call it, since April 15th, over the last 15 games, the Phoenix Suns are 29th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, 118.1. Now, their offense has been so good that they've only been outscored by half a point every 100 possessions, but it just speaks to, like, I feel validated is not the right term, but I'm kind of watching this team now as we head into the postseason, and I'm like, that's what I've been looking for. Like, that's what I kind of expected to see heading into this season. And it's not the right time for your defense to start falling off here as you head into the postseason. And look, as a two-seed, first-round matchup, going to be relatively favorable, you think, maybe? Because guess what? They still might get the Lakers in the first round. Right? Lakers right now, as of Thursday, still in that play-in game, a game behind Dallas. 40 and 30. Now they could lose a one-off game to Steph Curry and the Warriors if the Warriors get hot. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard, and then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure, to start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT, at Roach underscore 97, and at VSIN Live. You're talking about a potential second round series with the Los Angeles Clippers? Who, by the way, yeah, you beat them last time. Kawhi Leonard wasn't on the floor. And in the two games that Kawhi and Paul George were on the floor together, they smoked you with a net rating of over plus eight. So, I like, as much as this Suns team deserves a lot of credit for what they've done, the defensive inefficiencies have finally started to show up. 
And the road for them is going to be pretty tough, even with home court. And I'm really intrigued that maybe, just maybe, after getting my face caved in, I have to go back. I'm going to do this at some point in the next week before the regular postseason starts. Go back and see what teams I have gotten the most wrong on, You know what teams I bet against and had the worst records against, all that kind of stuff. But, like, I've been wrong on the Suns, it seems like, a majority of the season. And finally, just finally, as we get nearer to the postseason, this is finally starting to show up in a big way that their defense maybe is exactly what I thought it was going to be. Something to watch as we move into the postseason. (laughs) So, I laugh because now as we head into the last three games of the season, oh boy. Boy, oh boy, do we got some good stuff cooking right now. So kudos to uh, all the listeners and viewers of VSIN pointing this out to Mitch and Paul and Follow the Money, one of the things they had been talking about the other day. But the Oklahoma City Thunder, right, have been getting all the headlines, which they rightfully should. Thunder are on this insane losing streak at this point right now. If you had over 22 and a half, I mean, condolences, it looks like it's not going to happen. As of Thursday, one more loss to lock in the under. Need them to win two more games to go over the total. It's just absolutely brutal what has been happening with this Thunder team. As you have watched them down the stretch. Oh, and and by the way, the last two games, the Jazz and the Clippers. Two teams that will have something to play for (laughs) as we end the the year. So it looks like they're going to go under this win total, which is absolutely brutal. And... I was curious because you know every time I've talked to a couple people about this, whether it's going on Tim's show, anybody, wanted to go back and look and see, hey, you know, like this, this is the worst win total beat of all time, right? At least in the NBA. So SportsOddsHistory.com, great site, archive the uh, win totals all the way back to the 1993-1994 season. So painstakingly, your boy went through all the win totals. And the schedules for those teams to see what some of the worst results were for win totals betters over the last few years. And I could say this before I dive into a couple of them. If this Gent Thunder team goes under the total, this is by far the worst win total beat in NBA history. At least when it comes to up to the 1993-1994 season where the sports odds history archives begin. Absolutely unequivocally, right? We get lost in the moment all the time. This would be the worst beat in win total NBA history by far. They needed to go 3-22 and over the last 25 games. That's the bare minimum that they needed. And it looks like they're going to go 2-23 and or 1-24. and That's so bad, man. That is so bad. So I went back and looked at some of the worst win totals in NBA history, ended up ranking them. I thought this was a lot of fun. You know, especially some of these older teams. And I think, you know, and I note this in the piece, right, where it's like, hey, you know, some of these teams, they're bad teams, right? Win totals around like 18 and a half, 19. So you kind of expect some bad things from these teams. But so the way that some of these seasons ended are nuts. Now, the first one, and this is kind of the inverse of that, right? I rated this as the, the worst win total beat of all time. 2016, 2017 Golden State Warriors. Win total was at 66 and a half. Highest NBA win totals that we have seen Almost ever, right? They lose a road game, the Warriors, to San Antonio, dropping them to 52-14 and 14 on the season. 
that year, which means the Warriors just needed two losses over the last 15 or 16 games for you to cash the under on this win total. Just, just two losses over the last 16 games. But we know that those Warriors in their heyday were one of the best games or one of the best teams ever. And again, only needing two losses. Instead, the Warriors rip off after that San Antonio win, loss, I should say. Rip off a 14-game winning streak, end the season 15-1, and one, go over by a half game. <laughs> Just so bad. That sucks so bad. I cannot imagine sitting on that thinking, oh, dude, it's great. Just two losses, that's it. We're feeling good. 15-1, last 16 games. Now, the 2017-2018 Knicks, the next year, this was fun because I don't know if any of you remember this. I noted this in the piece. Matt Eumann's actually had this win total. And that was in the, I guess, was it the heyday of the edge? I don't know. But Eumann's actually had the under 30 and a half on the New York Knicks. And this team, you know, it wasn't a really good team, but they got off to a 23-28 start. They beat Brooklyn on January 30th. But three nights later, Kristaps Porzingis tears his ACL after dunking a basketball against Milwaukee. And everything goes south. All you needed was eight wins over the last 31 games with a Knicks team that had 23 through 61 games. You get that right? No. Through 51 games. You needed eight wins. They end up going 6-25, and 25, going under the total. Humans gets a winner, and overbetters get to kick themselves. Second worst win total beat of all time. And then you get to some of the others that were kind of fun. You know, this was just kind of pouring through the schedules. Obviously, didn't really get to go back and watch the 93-94 Philadelphia 76ers. This was pretty bad, though. Win total 30 and a half. They beat the Hornets on February 7th, 1994, right? 20th win of the season. You need 11 over the last 36 games. And instead, they go 5-31. and And over that stretch, there was actually a 1-24 stretch for Philadelphia over 25 games. How bad is that? 11 wins over 36, and at one point they go 1-24, and they end the season 5-31, and they go under the total. It's just so bad. I think it was pointed out, too, by, uh, by a couple of listeners, the Portland Trailblazers, 2012-2013, win total 34.5. March 23rd, they beat Atlanta. You get their 33rd win, 13 games left. You just need two more wins over the last 13 games, and not only did those wins not come, they didn't win a single game after that. That was Damian Lillard's rookie season. They go 0-13 to end the year. You don't go over your win total. And there were some fun ones, some interesting ones. You know, like the New Jersey Nets one, for example, in 2010-2011. I think it's made worse. Maybe I put this a little low. Maybe you put it, maybe it a little bit higher. But a win total of 24.5, and, you know, not a good team, right? 24.5 win total. But they beat Boston. They get their 22nd win, 17 games left. They get Darren Williams, right? They acquire him. They trade for him, thinking, hey, this is great. Over the last 17 games, they only need three wins. Acquire Darren Williams to kind of update this, this, uh, this team. And instead, newly acquired Darren Williams plays in just six games the rest of the way. Team finishes 2-15 and 15 to go under the win total by a half game. He needed three wins over the last 17. They go 2-15. and 15. <laughs> See, I like going back and looking at stuff. I thought this was really fun to kind of go back and look. And, I, you know, I wish that there was a little bit more in terms of going back and understanding the situations for a lot of these teams, being able to watch some of these games. 
you know, one of the examples I used too, like, for, so for example, there were two teams, uh, Houston and Phoenix, the, the 2004-2005 Houston Rockets and the 93-94 Phoenix Suns. Those are the 9 and 10, you know, worst, beat, uh, worst win total beats of all time. And there was a similarity because both teams, right, Houston, for example, lost its 31st game, seven left to play, underbetters needed one more loss. Suns, 26th loss with seven games left to play, underbetters needed one more loss. Both teams ended the season 7-0. and so you needed one more loss over the last seven games for both of those teams. Both teams ended the season on a seven-game winning streak, and you ended up losing those win totals. So what separates the two? I thought Houston separated itself over Phoenix because they beat, actually, a Phoenix team that year, 98-97. to Steve Nash actually missed a 16-footer at the, at the end of the game, and Stephen Hunter whiffed on a putback dunk in the waning seconds for the Rockets to win that game. So again, you needed one loss. And you could have had it, but Steve Nash misses a 16-footer and a put-back dunk attempt is missed, and they end up going the rest of the season undefeated, man. Just so wacky. But I think, really, out of everything, the end of the day, it's just that this put into stone, that this Thunder win total beat is going to be the worst of all time. And by the way, this Cleveland Cavaliers win total is setting up to be a doozy as well. For some of you, yet over 21.5. Those of you who bet over 22.5, they still need one more win. They have been on a brutal stretch, too. So you have two maybe of the worst win total beats we've ever seen unfolding in front of our eyes this season. Magical. Love the NBA. All right, short episode today. Uh, We are going to have an emergency podcast. I'm going to work through the red tape with Bill and Jacob, uh, but I want to do an emergency pod Sunday into Monday uh, as we get ready for the play-ins, as we get ready for the postseason. Season ends this weekend. We're going to get all of our former contributors of the NBA Guide at the start of the season, Kelly Bidlin, Aaron Renning, Mitch Moss, Matt Humans. We're going to talk about everything that we put in Jacob as well. Their preseason selections, what they're looking at going into the postseason, some play and thoughts as well. So that'll be our emergency pod coming up uh, on Monday. We'll try to have that up as well. So again, always ask, like, rate, review, subscribe. Always very much appreciated if you can at me, JVT, up on Twitter. And we will see you in a couple of days here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.